Got time for a quick story. It's always nice when you see an artist, and really I should say listen to an artist, produce new music on a somewhat frequent basis. Frequent is a subjective term, but if an artist can put out two albums in one calendar year, I would term that frequent. And when an artist has spent decades in music, Look, an artist can perform and record and write at whatever pace they desire. But as as a person who enjoys listening to the music of a given artist, you, you always like to hear more, hear more artistry, more creativity. So it's particularly fortunate that Steve Hackett has put out two albums in 2021. Had an earlier edition of Got Time for a Quick Story earlier in 2021 talking about his acoustic album Under a Mediterranean Sky. And about that time, he knew that there was an electric album that was being planned. And that's the occasion to talk again to Steve Hackett here in this latest edition of Got Time for a Quick Story. Surrender of Silence, the new album which yeah. is coming out soon. Um, September 10th is the release date, and I've been listening through it uh, multiple times, driving around the city here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, giving it it a good listen. Um, Go track by track. It's probably the best way to do this, because I know you talked about this when we last talked back in January. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because we'd had the the acoustic album back then, and now full-on electric I I, I I know you talked like again you 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 previewed that but when did you decide okay kind of going to take the two tracks during lockdown to go one electric one acoustic or how did that sort of materialize? Oh, I'm not sure if I've understood the question about uh, one acoustic one electric. You mean the album, right? Yeah, guy yeah, and, and and this one. Well, you know the weird thing is. We were halfway through an American tour, as I'm sure I told you last time, and then everything closed down. The theaters closed, the states closed. We got the last flight back from Philadelphia, all of that. And once I was I was home, I started making videos because um, I wanted to contact people who bought tickets to shows and say, oh, I'm sorry about this, but, you know, the pandemic has struck and the, the, the plague has arrived and... Um, uh, so I did some live playing on, you know, recording stuff in one go and what have you. And um, <laughs> somewhere <coughs> somewhere along the line, excuse me, I've got to have some water here. It's okay. Um, <laughs> the voice always dries. Um, this thing about <clears throat> we can't access people, we can't do live shows, <laughs> but I can talk about previous things that people might have liked <laughs> and um that um excuse me i gotta fix my voice here it's human yeah, I know. it dries i know the anyway, i know the feeling when i'm on the yeah, air yeah, eventually. Yeah. So, um this, this thing about i thought i'll do some track chats talk about previous things uh explain what i've done in the past uh, 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 answer people's questions about favorite tracks and talk to them with a series of prepared little video clips um, 
And I thought, what the hell, you know, I think I want to do an acoustic album because if the time isn't right for that, when is it? We're in downtime. We can't do what we normally do. No one can get on stage and be a guitar hero at this point. It ain't going to happen. What you've got to do is follow your heart. So we did Under a Mediterranean Sky. I say we because it's a team that, that do it. Although, yeah, it's my fingers, but, you know, it's 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 everyone's imagination. Mine, Joe, my wife, um, uh, Joanna, um, and um, and Roger King. Mm-hmm. So everybody makes this album, plus the guest appearances of Christine Townsend, Rob Townsend, same name, no relation. Um, <clears throat> and I loved making that album. It was absolutely a labor of love. And um, the fact that it starts with this extraordinary orchestra blasting in at the beginning, but all of it, I have to be absolutely honest, we were going to use a real orchestra, but Roger started working with with this expanded sample library, and um, most of the time we w- we were working with with samples to create this extraordinary sound. We were using Spitfire samples. We were using cinematic strings. We used everything that we had in the armory, and 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 wow, you know, it came hurtling in, and wow, the power of that, you know, it's sounded like some sort of um, battle sequence from some incredible epic and um, so I absolutely loved that Um, but once that album was done um, I thought could be time for a rock album now why not we don't have the distraction of gigs again we can get across that idea of a virtual journey We, we can travel to various regions we can use the influence of Russian music of African music of uh, uh, oriental music we can address all of that and then you know the idea of being angry about certain things in the world i could use social comment and i could steam in with having a full rant on my guitar so some of it is is kind of um it's closer to heavy metal but maybe it's orchestral heavy metal mm. surrender of silence happens to have a kind of orchestral sheet metal sound about it somehow I don't know. I don't know why that is. I, I guess I, my 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 playing seems to be getting angrier. The older I get, the younger the playing. I don't know why. You know. Yes. So I'm doing all the things that an immature young guitarist would want to do. In other words, I can play fast, so I'm going to do that. Blah, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. And and the recent stuff that I've done beyond the album that we're now talking about, um, it's getting even faster. And mm. it's the Tarantella effect the dance gets faster the dance of the fingers gets faster and faster certain tracks like um fox's tango has got those sort of salvos but i seem to be you know going beyond that now and um and then probably what i really need to do is to slow down after this and go yeah well you know you've gone full john mclaughlin now now what you need to do is to um slow it down so um maybe i think beyond surrender of silence i've recorded three new tracks and after that i don't think i ever need to play fast ever again in my life (laughs) 
So, um, at least on record, there it is. Not the fastest gun in the West. It's there. It, it was all there in the fingers from 1973 or 71 even. You know, once you start doing solos with tapping. Um, yeah, the fastest gun in the West. That was the idea of, 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 of what the tapping technique was was all about. It was definitely... It's some of it. You know, salvos are doing that. Um, music is sport. Much as I've criticized others for that, you know, he who has not sinned, you know, let him bugger off. <laughs> right. Yeah. Fair you know point. What I mean? Yes, exactly. I I did notice the, the, the tapping on this one, and that it is a theme throughout, if not necessarily everywhere. It, it, it's noticeable. I was picking up on that as I was driving around going, Okay, yeah. here's a reminder of where it started. I mean, I, I obviously That's right, yeah. right. I, and I know a lot of people have said, "Well, it's Eddie Van Halen started." Well, I mean, he, even he would he yeah. would have said, "Well, there is a further influence that goes back to your playing early on." I'm like, yeah. "Well, that's a good reminder of where that yes. started." I think guitarists borrow tricks from each other, and that's perfectly fine. It's it's what you do with it. It's not about who invents the technique. It's about where do you take it. You know, so there's the color red. Maybe some guy invented it back when, you know, um, when he accidentally smashed his head against the rock and thought, yeah, I can use that to describe this on a cave wall. And um, and that's all the rest. But, you know, but none of us really invent music. I mean, in a, in a way, we're all cells in the body of music. And with the passing of, of um, Charlie Watts, as as we speak, keep thinking, you know, this is the point where I'd been playing music many years before I heard the Rolling Stones, but it was just at the point where the Stones had done that first album. And I listened to every track and I wanted to learn pretty much every guitar lick. I wanted to understand what this stuff was all about. So in a, in, a, in a way, there's a kind of fundamentalism that goes with this. Mm -hmm. And I suppose that I'm sort of emotionally um, affected by this, but by the passing of, you know, the monument that was what what the Stones were doing at this point. Now, I apologize for the fact that, you know, I may have grown up white from a working class family. And I realized that what the Stones were doing was to some degree um, taking other performers had done Afro-American, I can use that word, and um, and taking it, and it was their take upon it that that made the difference. Yeah, with a new look, of course. But somehow, I I, I think with Charlie, he went through the motions of that of being a, a Rolling Stone. He acted through all of that and looked like at times the most bored drummer on the on the face of the earth there's 500,000 screaming girls out there and i'm going you know that's it and and, and and you know he would rather have been sitting in a jazz club with a handful of people getting what he was doing with his you know um whatever it would have been but it, it, the spirit of jazz pervaded what he was doing yes of course yes oh, 
we all want Madison Square Garden full of aficionados getting every note that we're trying to to do. But um, I think there was an authenticity to his to his playing, and and, and you know that, that the heart was in the right place. And something something about that Phil Collins said about about drums. He said. He said, drums are at the heart of the music. If you don't get that right, then if you don't get the heartbeat right, um, then the music's not going to be right. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yes. I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. I was 21 at the time. And, it, and, the, and, and the following years were an education mm-hmm. for me, as, mm-hmm. as are the subsequent years, of course. You never really stop learning and hearing things and marveling at what other people can do. You know... At the, there are times, to be absolutely honest, you can marvel at what you've accomplished yourself. But, but at the same time, you can marvel at what other people do. I mean, like um, Brian May, I was just watching a, a video of him playing, and I'd worked with him, you know, face to face, and he was saying, oh, I couldn't do that, this move you've just done. And I'm thinking, well, I couldn't do the, the move that this guy has just done, you know. We're arriving at the same point by different means somehow. How do you inform that music with the maximum degree of emotion? So that's the that's the conundrum for all of us. Excuse me, um, uh, just um, speaking freely, but I'm a little bit emotional about, about the passing of of, uh, of Charlie at the moment that could easily be overlooked, thinking, you know, he was merely the... Stones drummer, but you know the heartbeat of the Rolling Stones has just died, and this will come to everyone's attention, perhaps over time. Did you ever cross paths with him? I never met him. I saw him in the street. I thought he was hardly the sort of guy I wouldn't go up to him and, and bother him and say, "Oh, I've always been a big fan, Charlie. Will you please sign my shirt?" You know, I. I it wasn't like that. Um, I love his playing. I think it's absolutely bloody marvellous. Um, I mean, he, he was human. Um, yeah, I, I think that... Um, I think he always just wanted to get on with that, with the music. There's the famous quote about 20 years of hanging around, five years of doing it. Um, you know, he just wanted to get on with it, didn't he? You know, part and parcel of being a superstar means that, OK, you've got to arrange for a fabulous tour and everything's got to be... In, in place and all the rights have got to be sold and all that and all this gets in the way of the music you know at the end of the day you want to get in there and play and, and do it the same as a kid wants to get in the sand pit wants to get his hands dirty that's it yeah well, there's plenty of your playing on the on this new album getting getting in, getting into it and i've seen some of the clips you doing the recording sessions and i'm going okay cool here's the stuff coming on so this a similar you know track similar essence a similar spirit if you will um yeah i, I, jo- I jotted down notes from all of the songs and if, if you want to make a quick commentary on some of these if you got a moment um no, absolutely. sure yeah, go ahead, yeah. start with the obliterati how did how did that set the tone in your view for surrender of silence well uh, the flagship track really for me was uh, natalia um a russian themed song and we went to town on the orchestration. I thought, oh, you know, to make my wife Joe's lyric to bring it to life, we need a combination of Prokofiev meets Tchaikovsky meets Stravinsky 
and uh, and that's just for starters so no mean feat and a very tall order but none nonetheless to have the music decorated in um authentic russian dress orchestral dress mm -hmm. to bring the protagonist to life natalia who's a woman over who, who is a different natalia in each verse rather like in each scene where she is first of all burnt at the stake to get the second death but it's always a case if she's oppressed by either the church or the or the or the Tsar or the or the or the Bolsheviks or you know the present regime but it's the opposite of democracy so the chorus is all about, you know the woman that you could be if you were allowed to flower etc lovely sounding track very proud of it on any, every level. You know, we've got the choral stuff, the stuff, the Red Army Choir stuff, all of this. Um, and I realized that there wasn't a note of guitar that was played for about the two, two and a half minutes, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, bit of a problem, guitarist's album. So I thought, well, actually, perhaps I could do an overture or an underture. And I thought, I've got this tapping stuff I'm doing that sounds a little bit like when it's unaccompanied, a little bit like um, Wagner plays rock guitar, those sorts of Valkyrie type changes. Um, but nonetheless, we explored it and used some themes that were used later in the album. So the first two tracks visit each other, really. Uh -huh. um, and so the album starts with a geezer tapping on... on um, on, on 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 rock guitar who's been listening to um lots of classical stuff so um it was classical music that made me come up with with tapping in the in the first place all those years ago 1971 when i was working with genesis trying to do something that sounded a little bit like toccata and fugue on one on one string um but not wanting to really see see it through i didn't want to be dogmatic i just thought oh this sounds a little bit like bach and I noticed, of course, you know, lots of keyboard players tended to use Bach-like progressions because Bach is the granddaddy of them all in terms of keyboard players. Um, uh, so the first track of the Obliterati was really a kind of bastardization, the bastard child of all the things that follow, really. Mm -hmm. But in terms mm -hmm. of chronology, Natalia came first, Obliterati second. Um, but nonetheless, we have the underture at the beginning, then we're into that, and then the third track comes out of it where we've got, um, uh, again, the use of orchestral tones, um, but we start off with bubbles and the idea of um, uh, relaxation music for sharks, uh, where, yeah, you know, it's as if by stealth the predator circles its prey and then it, it all heats up. We go through orchestral stuff. Then we hit the groove where Nick De Virgilio takes over on drums and mm -hmm. um, it goes into heavy metal, basically. Here it is. And he liked, he noticed that I was moving into a more he heavy uh, direction. And he said, oh, I like the new heavy direction. So um, it's not gone unnoted by people or unnoticed that there's a kind of heavy metal aspect. But it's heavy metal meets orchestra. Um, haven't got a real orchestra. What we've got is we've got 
um, some fantastic players on top of uh, the, uh, the use of samples. So we've got real viola, real, uh, real violin, and um, and off off it goes. And so you get you know this extraordinary uh, orchestral whirlwind, followed by a rock band. Here comes a rock band for the first time. Boof! So the drums are not cinematic; they're not orchestral. They are virtuosic. Here's a guy comes in blasting with all the skill of of um of, of keith boone on a, on a on a good night and um sounding fantastic and wonderful so we're into rock for perhaps the first time properly of you know with 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 three tracks we've abandoned the classical route and go suddenly we're young immature players again salvos and show how fast we can play and all of that i remember the first time i heard uh, Nick DiVirgilio was on Calling All Stations and I remember yeah. hearing some of that going because of course as a, as a Genesis fan I'm thinking okay what are the drums going to sound like post Phil Collins what is this going to and I hear the drums I'm try, I can't remember the exact track but I can hear it in my head right yeah. now and I'm going okay no this is going to work and of course it only ended up being one album but it worked yes. I've always been impressed by his drumming and boy does it stand out on this album it's really there yeah, he is a wonderful drummer, and I think we've got some stuff. We've got the slow, powerful, heavy stuff, and we've got the fast and furious stuff. You know, it's different schools. Not just a school of fish with sharks. It's yeah, it's 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 much more than that. He's a very accomplished drummer. Um, yes, I'd heard him on Callable Stations. I I saw him live with Cirque du, du Soleil, and. Um, Got to meet him backstage um, when he just played a fine show. They were they were doing flamenco stuff, um, orchestral stuff, cinematic stuff, lots of different styles. So um, very accomplished, mm -hmm. very yeah. very interesting. Just one of the <clears throat> extraordinary drummers <clears throat> on this album. The end of relaxation music for sharks. It ends with sort of a. What, what is it, a marimba? It's, it's a percussive bell sound at the end, which I found after all of the intensity, suddenly it, yeah. it relaxes. Yeah. What was the draw to do that ending after this well, strong piece? Okay. Uh, I had the idea that we would return to the beginning. In other words, the predator operating by stealth. Sharks never sleep. Mm. they're always on the move uh, but they're not always eating I had an idea of hitting the orchestral groove again and and returning to the, um, the kind of Eastern European approach the very ostinato kind of use of, of string the stabby kind of stuff um, but also letting that fade into reverb so that it becomes more amorphous as it moves away and we get the return of the, the oxygen bubbles and uh, the instrument that you mentioned is really um, it's really vibraphone that's, it. uh, that's that that that's really it so um, yeah we obviously we tri it's triggered vibraphone um, 
but um, somehow it, it alludes to jazz as well. There, there, there was a certain amount of um, Bernard Herrmann influence. Bernard Herrmann, who worked with Hitchcock, um, the man behind the extraordinary score for Psycho, um, and the extraordinary score for Taxi Driver. I was thinking of that, you know, moments where you're hearing snare roll and heart blisses. Uh, we, so we, we used some of those colors. Uh, and, it, and it's the influence of film, really, um, working upon music. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Predator comes in by stealth, attacks the bait ball of fish in the mind, has its fill, disappears off into the murky depths again. So it's it's a kind of crescendo, and then and then a diminuendo at the end in old in old music speak, I guess. Very cool. On Wing Beats, you have Amanda Lehman singing with you, and the McBrooms are back yeah. singing with yes. you on that song. Yes, they are all wonderful singers, and the McBrooms are fantastic. They've worked with everybody from the Stones to Pink Floyd, um, and and Amanda Lehman um, has a new album herself, which um, is absolutely spectacular as it happens. Um, some friends have helped her out on that. Um, Nick Magnus has really produced and pulled it all together, but Roger King's been on it, Rod Townsend, I've played a little bit on it, but basically it's still um, Amanda's concept. So she's getting all of that, and um, um, uh, the McBrooms have re-recorded some stuff that they'd done with, with Floyd, very interestingly produced, um, a Black Floyd. Very, 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 very interesting. Um, so all of these people do extraordinary work. And um, Roger King really pulled all that together for me. Um, he did some wonderful um, rhythmic work on it. Um, although there is no drummer on it, his virtual drumming on it, which combines uh, tribal and techno in in, in a sense um, it's it's fantastic um, uh, it's it, it, it's really masterful but it but it's a master drum sound you know there's there's more than one thing going on um, um, I, I think um, every time I ask him about this oh you know what are, what are we doing here I want to be able to reference this so that we can use this particular type of snare and this particular thing and all but it's <laughs> in a way it's a kind of ho- homogenous binary approach so underpinning the track is no bass guitar mm. we use drones but a very busy rhythm section yes. uh, as as the as the basis of it and, and of course wing beats the idea came up after we'd, we'd filmed some stuff when we were in Ethiopia, my wife Joe. We were in this extraordinary restaurant, which was um, run by a Scottish woman. It's, it's very strange, and it's built in a very strange kind of um, very super ultra modern uh, style, where it just goes up in spirals. And from the top, 
we were looking down and there were eagles circling. And Joe filmed this. We used it in the video, this circling eagle. I was trying to throw food to it. And um, it was um, extraordinary. But the idea of the flapping wings, wing beats, still a very much a rhythmic African uh, story. Uh, we, we, we just fell in love with Ethiopia, which is going through hard hard times um, mm. at this um, at this point. You know, um, once again, war, <coughs> famine, the old story. Just when they've got it, just when they've got it together, something seems to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the... We made tons of friends. It was just a wonderful experience. Mm -hmm. um... The organ is so dramatic in the Devil's Cathedral, and there's a lot going on in that piece, but to start it yeah. with the organ, um, yeah. it seems like a pretty obvious choice uh, to go there in retrospect, but it still catches you off guard when you first hear it and go, okay, yeah. here we go. Well, actually, right at the beginning, it's, it's guitar sounding like right. organ. It's just that uh, right at the beginning, um, I've got it triggering octaves, up and down, so that trigger doctor's thing sounds very much like organ. And then that stops and real organ takes over. And very quickly it's joined by Rob on soprano sax. So you've got this sort of sacred pipe organ sound and the, uh, um, the kind of profane sax over the top of it, improvising. And um, they're playing octatonics between them. Uh, with this, which was the scale that I, I had no idea what they were doing. What are you doing? To, you know, and I knew I had to get that on, on record. So we used a jam to introduce it, and then <clears throat> a character and a story told in true Genesis tradition: the idea of a guy who wants to take over the the the, the, um, the life of of, of another, um, and in fact kills him and, and, and marries the guy's wife, and, and it's Nad who sings that so it develops in a very uh genesis like manner it, it, it's the most obvious genesis track on on the album mm -hmm. um you know genesis circa 1973 perhaps uh the idea of it starting acoustically and then becoming rock many genesis early tracks started like that instead of straight in with the drums it's acoustic instruments that become um we whip up a, a storm slowly. It's the same thing, this crescendo approach, really. It's interesting that you mentioned Genesis right there because in Held in the Shadows, I was yeah. getting flashbacks to Broadway Melody of 1974. Really? Um, yes. I really was catching that right out of the, that the maybe it was the bottom, bottom, the, the rhythm in there, but it feels like coming out of coming out of Fly in the Windshield into that, and then sort of as it starts to recede a little bit before the before it goes into Cuckoo Cocoon on, on the lamb, I, I, at least that's the heavier parts in that that was, was at least that started to come into my mind about halfway through yeah. Held in the Shadows. Well, I guess, you know, um, often when you want to do something powerful, you can drum up a storm, but sometimes you have to have a breakdown and um, you take something back to, stabby bass lines that come in and out um you can do this thing yeah in the classical world the, 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 either marcato or uh, ostinato you know these italian terms for it 
the stabby thing is is what um what what basically happens there so um um that there'll be a there'll there'll be a link good um speaking of certain sounds and such just short of three minutes in uh, shanghai to Samar samarkand if i'm pronouncing that correctly samarkand yeah okay uh just short of yeah, because just short of three minutes, the guitar tone comes in, and it sticks, and it sticks, and it sticks. And I'm, as it's yeah. going on, I'm like, well, okay, this is a fascinating transition. Usually it's not just like a, a like a pedal point, if you will, going through, through, yeah. through. And then suddenly there are all these different instruments, all these different styles. So how did you decide to set that as the transition, that one long tone that goes for about a minute or so, yeah. and then going into all these different styles that come, not really flying, because well, they'll get their own time after? The, the thing was, uh, we were trying to create this virtual journey from Shanghai to Samarkand, you know, in other words, reflecting all of the East uh, and taking in a, a journey, a virtual journey through the, um, through the mountains, you know, uh, um, um, so that was that was really a, a part of it. The idea of, of Nepal, Tibet, all all of all, all of that. So I was trying to conjure the idea of Tibetan horn, and I had the idea of having this long, sustained feedback note, um, and, and and percussion. So you know, now my only problem is I have to do another interview in a minute, which is crazy. So we'll we'll have to belt through things uh in in a way but that was really a, a kind of virtual journey on the on the on that one in yeah. fact tell you what uh, tell you what i'll do so we can yeah, looking at the notes here the only actually the only other one i really would like to ask on on was esperanza sure. it, it brought to mind um the closer on mediterranean sky the call of the sea there was a sim- similar ambiance was that intentional Esperanza, you mean? Yeah, yes. for Esperanza. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was was a, a very romantic piece. The, the Spanish word meaning um, uh, hope, and um, it's really written in the style. I like to think it's written in the style of Chopin. So, if Chopin played guitar and had orchestrated it with strings, I think it would come out like that. I was trying to channel the more very personal, peaceful. Uh, pieces that, that I've heard that the sweetness of Chopin was really um, uh, uppermost in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a great album, and of course the tracks in between that I, that we didn't that we skipped past they're not worth skipping past in the album. Listen to all of them: Fox's Tango, Day of the Dead, Scorched Earth. They're, they're, it's a wonderful album. Anyone who like- yes, it, it's it's it, it, I give it full thumbs up. Great job. Surrender of Silence. September 10th is the release date. Steve, thanks for taking some time to once again talk about your music. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'll be talking to you again. Yes. All the best. Surrender of Silence. Yeah, that's a a great album. Great chat there with uh, Steve Hackett. It's always always fun to talk to him. This is what, fourth interview now with Steve Hackett. And as a Genesis fan, that is something I never would have believed would have happened. But it's great to talk about the music with him and and his musicianship uh, arrangements lyricism and and everything that that comes out in his music if you want to learn more about what Steve Hackett is doing very much engaged on social media you can also go to his website and find a lot of links to his social media platforms hackettsongs.com hackettsongs.com learn about upcoming tour dates and such and of course 
Surrender of Silence, the new album. Again, it's a must-listen, definitely. That is the latest edition of Got Time for a Quick Story. Thanks, as always, to my employer, Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, for um, providing the facilities to do these interviews. Thanks to Chipster PR, folks there, um, for helping to set up this particular interview and a lot of the other interviews they've helped set up. On Greatest Hits 98.1's website, greatesthits981.com, you can listen to and, like in the case of this interview, watch some of the, or a lot of the interviews we've done. I've done, my coworker John Murphy has done, they're all at the interviews page at greatesthits981.com under features. You can also uh, go to our YouTube channel to listen to slash watch a lot of these interviews. And as for the podcast, Got Time for a Quick Story, subscribe to it on your favorite podcast platform. It's on most of them. And rate it, preferably higher to spread the word around even more. Got time for a quick story. I'm Luke Anthony.